0: I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian.
1: I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And
0: you're listening to IntroVets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome, everybody, to IntroVets Podcast. Hi. We have a snack-sized episode for you today. Boy, do we. And we're going to start in the
1: mailbag
0: with a Dear IntroVets question. All right, JJ is ready. Take it away.
1: All right. Dear introverts, I work at a small animal general practice in Texas. I'm a licensed veterinary technician in our state, but I've recently been promoted to office manager. This is my first time in a management role. The clinic has never had an office manager before now. I got promoted because the practice is big enough for a manager, and one of the goals I have been given is to increase profits. I think decreasing no-shows is an easy place to start. We have always had a problem with no-shows for appointments, but lately it's been getting worse. On busy days, the no-shows are not that big of a deal because we have lots of drop-offs. Sometimes on those days, having a client or two no-shows is a relief for the vets, but on slower days, the no-shows put us in the red for the day. I think that we should start charging a no-show fee, but the clinic owner is worried that this will make clients angry and that they will leave, or worse, put in a bunch of bad reviews online. What do you think about no-show fees and what other options do we have? Okay.
0: That's a good question. Yep. So before we dive into opinions, let's cover some logistic and legal things. The first thing that I want to say is that we are not based in Texas. Nope. I have not read the Texas Veterinary Practice Act. I am not familiar with Texas business law or anything like that. Uh, So I would say before you make a firm decision about anything, consult the Practice Act and consult your business attorney. Probably a good idea just to have your business attorney review quarterly policies for you guys uh, because you'd be surprised how often people accidentally make policies that are illegal <laughs> and then you get in trouble, right? So, yeah, no good. Um, so, what I'll say is that the things that we're going to talk about are opinions, mm-hmm. there are personal opinions based on our personal experiences. And they don't take the place of legal advice or any sort of financial consultation with someone who is a specialist in the field of veterinary finance and practice management. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, with all that said, I have a lot of opinions about it. So let's hop in there. JJ. yep. No show fees. Off the cuff. Do you like them or not like them?
1: I like them, but I like... Making sure that, especially if you have a client that is a repeat offender, Mm -hmm. that they get the no-show fee and that a lot of grace is given to someone who, like, maybe it's their first time and, you know, also for people that maybe, you know, if they call and say, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, I got my days mixed up and it, you can, you know, you never know what's going on in someone's life. It's true. So, you you know, I don't know. I'm just a fan of like, you might get a get out of jail free card, you know, the first time, but if it happens again, then, you know, time to enforce the policy. Having worked in a practice where there have been several clients that were repeat offenders, mm-hmm. um, like sometimes five to seven no-shows within a couple months what yeah
0: that's an excessive amount yeah
1: well i say within like a six month period that's (laughs) it's still excessive (laughs) and i mean
0: i don't think i've no showed to five to seven appointments in my entire life
1: (laughs) mm -mm. i can only count maybe two or three at most i can count two and both of them were that i
0: completely forgot like spaced on it completely forgot
1: yeah yeah it's it doesn't happen very often but that's also something like if i know showed for something i'm probably going to be apt to like find a new location to go to next time because you're
0: embarrassed <laughs>
1: yep don't yeah. shame is real
0: look i'm you know i'm not discounting that i i, I think that's true <laughs> i think we have maybe a similar feeling about this type of policy i'll say that i used to be very against the idea of an OSHO fee for veterinary medicine, but I can't, like, fully describe why that is or was, you know. I guess I just felt like it was very, like, I don't know. I felt like it was something that vets just don't do that, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then once I started to explore why do I feel that way, I recognized that it was just the way I had always seen things done and not necessarily because it was something that I truly believed in, you know, or valued. And so when I started, you know, when I started looking at this, I was like, you know what? Every other profession, every other professional person that you interact with from your hair salon or manicurist all the way to your neurologist and your, you know, everybody in between that functions on a set calendar, they expect you to show up. And when you don't show up, it disrupts the entire flow of the day. Mm -hmm. And that is worth being charged a penalty for, especially if you do it repeatedly. Yeah, I I agree about that. I think, you know, exceptions, (laughs) if you get into a car accident on the way to the clinic, okay, you're (laughs) in a coma somewhere, like you are having terrible flu symptoms. Like I don't want your ass at the clinic. Like I'm not, you know, no. I'm not gonna be in favor of charging people if they have the flu, you know, like
1: that. And you never I mean, shit happens. I mean somebody's car battery could die. Um they could have a flat tire. Their kid could get sick randomly. Mm -hmm. Um my also my favorite I can't find my cat.
0: (laughs) I can't find my cat. It's a
1: common thing it is. And I'm like my cat it's outside. I can't find it, so you know, the main thing is most of the time, if you call ahead of time and there's enough time to, you know, maybe call somebody who had called earlier and wanted to get in and couldn't get in, if you're considerate and give us a call, you know, most of the time they're going to, you know, I know it because most of the time. The technician or receptionist was in charge of putting the the prices in, Mm -hmm. and we would let it slide if it was
0: okay. You know, so be really nice to the receptionist when you call, and maybe they'll well just call it all
1: and just say, "Hey, (laughs) this is what's going on." Or, I mean, if you just like no show, and we try to call and figure out what happened, and and you're just like, "Oh, I just I forgot," then I'm gonna be like, "Mm, "You might get a fee."
0: I mean, I think it's reasonable to Mm -hmm. do, especially as you said for people who just repeatedly have this issue um or for situations where a no show in that day and time slot or whatever it is would significantly affect the hospital so surgical no shows yeah
1: those are the worst
0: things that have a lot of time has been blocked off and now in the last minute we don't have anything filling that time but we still have to pay the doctors the staff, we still have to keep the electricity on, you know, and all Mm -hmm. of those things, then it can become a real liability. As this letter is saying, on some days when they're not super busy, these no-shows are cutting into their ability to break even for the day, like Mm -hmm. they're losing money those days. That's something that really needs to be looked at here.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about Ideas besides a straight up no show fee, like what else could be done in a case like this? And one of the things that I was thinking about was like a deposit for Mm -hmm. an appointment. Like, so you do a deposit and then you keep all or part of it if they cancel within a certain time period or if they don't and they show up, then it goes towards their appointment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that used in cases of the like surgeries. Whereas for an appointment, then they just charge a no-show fee. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if, if it was up to me based on like how easy is it to collect said fee, I'd be more of a fan of charging the no-show fee and then sending a bill <laughs> just because half the time when you're like, I want this money now for this, you get a lot of pushback.
0: You're saying if you try to have someone leave a deposit?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, most people aren't a fan of that.
0: To make an appointment, they don't Course, want to have. To if do they it get a possible. bill, they're not
1: happy about that either. But right, you're saying the clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's that, just my selfish opinion.
0: <laughs> I think that client, uh, client feelings. You know, we have to take them into account, but they don't rule the day. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I don't think they should rule the day. I think what I'm they saying. do. Then the other thing I was thinking was, you know. Maybe there's a specific set of clients, like and I think about new clients in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are the main culprit, people calling, scheduling a new client appointment and then just not showing up, maybe a deposit for just those clients, like to become an established client. And then once you're an established client,
1: then we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was just an idea. That would make a lot of sense because... It was my experience uh, at my last job that we had tons and tons of new clients calling and scheduling. Right. I don't know if it was associated with the pandemic or what, but it was more than what I remember in the past. And a lot of them would no-show. But because they haven't signed, you know, we would, when they called schedule appointment, we would email out the paperwork that had the policy, the no-show policy, but you know, if they have, they have to come to that first visit for that to go into effect. Sure. So it would make a lot of sense to like, you know, we need to collect a deposit or go towards your fees and your exam that I like that idea. That makes a lot of sense.
0: So I thought this was an interesting question. So I hopped online and I looked, started <laughs> looking it up. I started Googling it and I looked at several different message boards and things like that. Um One of the things that other people were talking about implementing in their practices was, you know, a rule of not taking more than one animal from the same household in the same day, like essentially multiple pet appointments, Mm. because when those cancel, it might be like an hour or more of time that has been set aside for your five pets or whatever.
1: I hate those seven cat appointments.
0: I really hate multiple pet appointments, too. I'm not going to lie. Like, I strongly dislike them yeah because it's like an endless marathon of yeah being with the same like it's just Mm -hmm.
1: clients always
0: feel like it should go a lot faster than it Mm -hmm. could potentially ever reasonably
1: go it's just you need like the entire staff to start to be efficient because most of the time it's scheduled like one full appointment and then increments of like 15 to 20 minutes after that and i'm like we have to do the same work for every animal. Right. Why does it take less time for <laughs> Yeah, what the hell?
0: Or like, I've never understood why some clinics charge a reduced fee oh, yep. for bringing them in at the same time. I'm like, that fee should be higher. <laughs> like, I know. Right? If you want to bring more than one animal at the same time, that should be higher. Yep. Because I guarantee you it takes twice as long. Mm-hmm. Like one appointment might take 20 minutes. The other appointment might take 20 minutes. If you combine them into a marathon session, it's going to be an hour instead yep. of 40 minutes every time. Yep. And I don't I don't under, fully understand why, but it's like...
1: Well, each animal is an individual. You might have, you know, so if you have a five-animal appointment, two out of those five might be a quick, normal, everything's fine. But the other three are guaranteed you're going to find new lumps and bumps or you're going to have to aspirate, uh, do aspirates on. There's going to be, oh, I feel something in the cranial abdomen, so we need to do x-rays. We right, need to do
0: an ultrasound. Now this is work positive. Yes. <laughs> you go through a whole and thing. now we
1: have to go through, you know, a whole, you know, six months worth of explaining what all you have to do. It's just, it's just, it's a guarantee. And then you have the cat roommate situation where they bring five cats one cat gets pissy. They all get pissy. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's it's a nightmare. So it's like, I understand how convenient it is to get them all done in one fell swoop, but it's hard for everybody. So,
0: I actually hate bringing my own pets simultaneously anyway. mm-hmm. because it's like just me usually trying to like negotiate them all into the clinic. Like it is a nightmare and they won't ride together in the same carrier because they're bitches about everything, <laughs> you know? So anyway. Well, so, OK, so that's one thing that I have found was just avoiding scheduling multiple pet appointments so that mm-hmm. if those cancel,
1: you don't have you know, your whole afternoon. Gone.
0: Exactly. Exactly. A lot of people talked about doing surgical deposits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And much of the uh, talk was like, oh, I mean, clients are allowed to push back. That doesn't mean you have to change your policy. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that's exactly right. People are allowed to have feelings about the things that you implement, but it doesn't mean you have to respond or yeah. act on what they're wanting you to change about the policy. Like,
1: yeah, my favorite was there was a client that refused to sign the policy statement um, because he didn't agree with it. And I'm like, okay, well, if you just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean that it's not going to be in effect for you. I mean, if you don't sign it, then
0: then you can find you can another, another client. Exactly. Like I don't, I'm like, <laughs> just because you don't line sign line it, to...
1: <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to you. Right. I'm like, and this dude was like in the legal world. And I'm like, then you want to know how this works.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> you don't agree with the policy. You need to find a different business. I don't mm-hmm. know what to tell you. Hello. You know, people. But it sounds like this individual's boss, though, is worried about how mm-hmm. the clients are going to respond. Let's talk about the fear of, Client retaliation. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. It's not unfounded. <laughs> I mean, sometimes clients get pretty hot about this kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I don't know really what to say other than clients. There's no way to ensure clients are never going to be mad at you.
1: Messing with their money is messing with their emotions.
0: <laughs> not intentionally, nev- necessarily.
1: I'm just quoting Friday.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, did, I missed the quote. I'm sorry. <laughs> Being aware that clients might, you might get pushback from a whatever policy you implement, but I don't think that you have to let that fear guide everything that you do yeah. or make you feel trapped and mm-hmm. like you can't address something.
1: I mean, it's inevitable. You're going to have some pushback, but the majority are probably going to be fine with it as long as it's you know an understandable policy
0: yeah and i think client acceptance of this might be much different than it was even five years ago Mm -hmm. because we've been through covid um you know the veterinary you know labor market has changed substantially the veterinary client market has changed substantially available appointment times and everything like that have changed substantially. I just I guess I just feel like it's not going to be that that big of a deal that would that would dramatically make clients not come to see you anymore. So I guess like where I would personally start would be to look at the no-shows for the past several months. Most veterinary software is going to keep track of that for you. So mm-hmm. you should have a way to go in and see who all has been marked a no-show? Let's look at the circumstances. Let's see if whoever marked them no-show wrote a note about why.
1: Yes, please make notes. Yes. Yeah. So easy. And if
0: we're like, oh, actually, we don't have that information, it might be reasonable to go a few months into the future, collecting it actively, Mm -hmm. training the staff on here's exactly the info that I need. I maybe need the reason, you know, I need you to flag multiple times. Don't just continuously move the same appointment, no show it and create a new one when they reschedule, you know, so that the software can keep up with what's happening. And then run some reports and sit down and look and see if it's the same five clients that continually no show, well, Maybe an across-the-board policy isn't necessary. Maybe we just need to to to, yeah. to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with a client and <laughs> yes. be like, "Hey, like y'all can't y'all yeah, don't punish do
1: the masses for the behavior of a few."
0: Right. And if you're finding that it's almost always like this weird one-off situation, well. I don't know what you can do about the universe, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just.
1: (laughs) Your karma is bad. You need to do something about that. Go volunteer.
0: (laughs) Maybe you can look at the data and say, okay, I know that for every X number of appointments that show, Y won't show. And maybe you build that into your schedule. Mm -hmm. Maybe you look and you say, hey, you know what's weird? No shows are really common on this day of the week. Or following major holidays, or on major holiday, you know what I mean? Like, who knows it's, what patterns? It's you would...
1: like the same pattern when people call out sick.
0: Oh yeah, exactly <laughs> right. People are like, oh, I, you know, I I have that Monday off. I'll take them to the vet, and then they're out on their boat or something, and they're like, I don't go to the vet.
1: Like, mm-hmm. let's just
0: not show up or whatever.
1: If you have five or more grandmothers that have died, is the reason, <laughs> right?
0: They might not be 100% I'm accurate.
1: Like, I don't know. I can give you four after that. Yeah, You're out of grimace.
0: <laughs> ooh, I remembered the, another thing that I meant to say and then forgot. So this listener is describing uh, some days it's like, ooh, thank God those people canceled. We weren't going to be able to make it through all the appointments we had. And then some days it's putting them in the red. So my question is. Why are we having such a crazy discrepancy between days? Mm -hmm. Now, I have worked in the veterinary field for a long time and do understand that that is common, but I've never been able to understand why. It seems like there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's like we'll have four stupidly slow days in a row and then a day where it's like, what in the hell? And it's not always Friday. I know Mm -hmm. Friday is a lot of the time, but sometimes it's like a Wednesday and it's like,
1: what is happening? Like, why today? There's a lot of factors. Like, depending on what doctors are there that day, you might have, you know, a couple of doctors that are been around for longer, so they're more popular with the clients.
0: But they only work Mm part-time, something like that.
1: Um, It also is, you know, the weather can play into it.
0: Oh, yeah. People don't like to come when it's raining, I don't think.
1: Except... If there's a tornado warning, there will be someone requesting a nail trim.
0: Okay, yes, except I mean, in tornado warnings. The door
1: will blow open, <laughs> and there will be a, it will be raining sideways. And here comes somebody toting their overweight Dotson. <laughs> I need a nail trim. Oh, dear. And I'm like, you need to take cover is what you need. <laughs> Come and let me escort you to the hallway. <laughs>
0: and then uh, the other thing I'll say is that it might be worth looking at the finances on the days in question where we're going into the red and is it really the no-shows or is it that there are no more no-shows than normal but something else mm-hmm. is going on that is kind of making it look like it's the no-shows right yeah i agree no-shows should be an easy thing to like sh- shape up and 100% am on board with reducing those. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. However, my question is, like, is that the full picture or do we need to dig a little bit deeper? Is something else at play?
1: Yeah, it worries me if if a, a couple of no-shows put you in the red. You shouldn't be that close to it on a given day. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it happens.
0: It's the nature of veterinary medicine. You know, we uh, generally, veterinary practices are not run by people who have
1: Training degree. in business.
0: I mean, yeah. in, in, in even in this listener, this is a licensed vet tech. Who? How much business training did you get as a licensed vet tech? JJ? Zero. None. Okay. So now we are then promoted to office manager status, and we're asked to make these financial analysis decisions for the practice, um, but without any real yeah. experience. That's not to say that you can't learn. Uh, you absolutely can. And there's tremendous resources out there for people who are really invested in it. But like, this is deep learning curve. Mm-hmm. And so um, veterinarians don't really get much business training um, or any, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on kind of when you went to school and, and where you went. So it's kind of the blind leading the blind out here
1: mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah.
0: Along those lines, giving yourself a little grace.
1: Yeah. Uh, And a lot of self-motivation.
0: That's right. A little grace, a lot of self-motivation. I like it.
1: Mm -hmm. Bless this person. They could have given her, like, why don't you be lead tech for a little while, get some management. It sounds like it's a small
0: practice, though. True. Because she said something like, I'm guessing it's a lady. Uh, Most vet techs are lady. Most vets are ladies. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We decided last season the universal she is what we're dealing with. I remember now. Okay. I like it. Fantastic. Okay. So she um <laughs> is uh you know, um she writes that like she got promoted because the practice is big enough to have an office manager now. So that tell that kind of leads me to believe it might even be like a newer practice. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. or That's one great. that was at least smaller for a while and is like growing. So
1: good for you for growing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Stay out of that red. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I agree, JJ. Like, you know, if you're getting two no shows on these days when you're in the red, is that like why is our why is it
1: everything that close? Like, did your Patterson payment hit that day?
0: <laughs> yeah, like <what? laughs> Well, that shouldn't go into whether you're in the red. For the day. That should be in the monthly budget. Yeah. But never mind. You know, this is not a finance podcast. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Dang, so anyway. I could use some finance learning
0: every every practice should know essentially kind of what they need to bring in per set of technician vet combo that's working each day because obviously you're not going to bring in the same amount on a one doctor day versus a five doctor day that's just literally impossible okay so um, what you have to do is sit down and and look at what you're doing now, where you'd like to be, look at projections, and then you set goals based on that. That's a very watered down version, but you should know sort of where that benchmark is. And then if you're consistently not hitting it in certain situations, it's worth looking at a very comprehensive view of that situation. That's not to say I don't think that the no-shows is something to address. I absolutely do think that it's important to address them However, I would hesitate to chalk it a hundred percent up to them mm-hmm. without more information.
1: Yeah. Agree.
0: And then the only other thing that I have on my notes, uh, this is a little bit out of order, but like my first boss used to always say that people never come to any of that appointments, uh, that they make more than two weeks in advance.
1: <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> I know. But I'm a, I'm a planner, so I'm a planner I like to, like, bro. I mean, do you know how many dental I'm, like, a year and a half into the future with my dental appointments. I believe you. So. Not everyone is that way. That is, that is, oh, it's so annoying when you have <laughs> a Don planner with a planner and you're trying to plan something.
0: It, hey, it is the story of my life with, it. like, my family because, right. look, my brothers are not planners mm-hmm. of things. I am a planner of things. My life right now, I have to be like, I have to plan my life a semester at a time. What am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. I can't, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't, I, I work most weekends. People want to do stuff most weekends. So I'm like, okay, here's the situation. I'm right now, it is June as we're recording this. Okay. I am booking into September right now. Okay. So family, friends. I need to know about September things, okay, right now, so that then I can schedule appropriately. And if you don't tell me about the September thing by the end of June, then I can't do the September thing. <laughs> like a 95% chance I can't do it. And my family will be like, I don't
1: know what I'm doing next week. What exactly. are you talking about in September? We just yeah. don't work that way.
0: And I'm like, How? Do you not have other responsibilities? I don't understand.
1: It's like compromise, meet <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, we've got, I mean, I've got a huge family that gets together. And out of all of us, there's two of us that are planners, maybe two and a half. and um, Two and a half? Two and a half. Is one, one of person them a child? Is, or? No. Okay. It's just, she's she's a planner sometimes, but not always. I see. She's not a pushy planner. So, Yeah. It's uh, an exercise in patience when I don't have any.
0: Well, anyway, we got pretty off topic just then. But so, um, yes, my first boss used to be like, they didn't show. Let me look at when they scheduled the appointment. And (laughs) he'd pull it up and he'd be like, oh, there, see, it was like four weeks ago. No one is going to come to an appointment they make four weeks ago, which I used to think was so funny because like, at the time, I don't know what veterinary consultants are saying now. I have no idea. But at the time that consultants were like, be sure you're scheduling those rechecks. Make sure people come in for rechecks. Recheck, recheck, recheck. Mm-hmm. And my boss was like, don't schedule rechecks. They're not going to come to the damn things you're going to no show, you know. It would be like, no, nope. you better not schedule a recheck for a doctor. You put that on the tech side. You put it on the tech side, we'll work it in because half the time they don't show. Anyway.
1: Oh, Lord. That makes me
0: <laughs> twitch. Yeah. He was like, Mm-mm. they're not going to come. They-, they won't come. You wait they won't come.
1: No, no. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of I kind of find the opposite. I feel I found that if they actually get scheduled most of the time they do come for the recheck whereas if you leave it until like you call them back to see how they're doing and then you try to schedule it then oh I don't I don't I'll just call you. Mhm. Yeah, they ain't coming. Okay. Well, so
0: I hope that I hope that appropriately answers <laughs> That mess. Our question about no-show fees, I think, we reasonable. Should do it. What?
1: We should do it. We
0: should do it. Um, Sure. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. If it is okay with everybody in your state or whatever, I don't know. I th- I'm i in thumbs up. I'm in favor. Sounds good. I would give you a high five. I don't know how you can convince your boss that it's what to do, though. Unfortunately, it's really hard to convince people to do stuff, I think. I you know I think doing some sort of data analysis like we talked about earlier and presenting your best case thought out maybe with PowerPoint slides or mm-hmm. something so that you give the best overview of why you want to do it and then if you know if they say no they say no and then we got to get back on the horse and figure something else out but
1: yeah I kind of feel like in most cases if you kind of go ahead and put the work in have the policy ready, have everything and explain it to them and explain the benefits. If you've got some cons, go over the cons. Most of the time, they're like, I'm just glad I didn't have to do any of that. That's true. And they'll say, sure, That's true. Yourself yeah. out. let's
0: give it a whirl. And, and maybe you implement it for a trial period mm-hmm. and you see like yeah. how much and, and say you did do it. Say you did go ahead and do the no show fee. I think Let's keep track of how people respond, because I have been in situations before where the staff felt like the client response to a particular issue was all negative. And I have gone through and specifically written down and questioned, like, how do you feel about this? The vast majority of people were neutral or fine with it to even positive. And the negatives were, like, very few. But the thing is that you remember mm-hmm. the negatives more. Absolutely, Because people who are pissed off generally, like, act like an a-hole. And it, it's an uncomfortable feeling. You don't want people to be upset with you. And so you remember it more. Mm-hmm. I was working at this one clinic at, in a relief capacity for a while. And the um, staff really felt like clients don't like... The staff at that clinic really felt like clients were not accepting of most recommendations as far as like wellness care, that when they came in, they just wanted a A-B shot and they just wanted to go. And they were really hesitant to offer a full wellness package to each client and go over why it was recommended because the impression was the clients are going to push back and I don't want to be yelled at. And so what we did is we implemented it for a 30-day period of time. Every single client that came in for a wellness visit got the spiel. Now, not all of them accepted it, okay? But the acceptance rate, when I said, how, how many clients do y'all think will do it? They were like 10%. It was 70%. Mm-hmm. 70% accepted it. And then how many people were really mad? 5%, you know, it was not that big of a deal. And once I was able to show them like, hey, here are the numbers that I collected. Like, what do you, you know? What are your thoughts? They were like, holy crap. Are you serious? 70% of people were like, OK, whereas they thought it was going to be much worse than that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just wondering if there's a parallel there between the fear of getting pushback and oh, the reality of how many people would be upset. Totally. is. So hopefully that's helpful. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time that we have. I hope you have enjoyed this next episode. <laughs> if you have stories, questions, cases, or anything else you'd like for us to read, please send it to introvetspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget that you can also use the case submission form on our website, introvets.com.
1: You can find us on social media or on Facebook, Instagram, and the Tiki-Taki. And it's at introvets.
0: And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. Yes, please. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.